Mark Silva, the Outback Silver Band, and you're listening to the DMT Podcast. Hey, this is Lewis Spears, and you're listening to the DMT Podcast. Not to be confused with the DMT Podcast, which is just about drugs. This one's better. This is Melvin's on KS Truck Digital, and you're listening to the DMT Podcast. This is Josh, the Act Shooter, and you can check out myself on the lovely DMT Podcast. See you on the flip side. Hey, this is the innovator of violence, Tommy Dreamer. This is the DNT Podcast, taking you to the extreme. All right, ladies and gentlemen, here we are, episode 10 of the DNT Podcast. We are back from House of Hardcore, and what an amazing night that was. Some big names. Fantastic oh, event. I'm Gavin. I am Jesse. What dicks, we didn't introduce ourselves. <laughs> That's right, it's more important because last night was a big night, and this is a big show, so that means we need a big guest. Literally. That's it, literally, <laughs> the behemoth of a man. We have the Outback Silverback. This is Mark Silver on the line. How are you going, mate? Uh, g'day, boys. How you doing? I'm Fantastic. doing Okay. That's doing okay. okay, recovering from uh, last night's battle with uh, Bull Dempsey, but I'm doing okay. Yeah, definitely a hard-hitting match. Great to watch. Yeah. It, it was, mate. It was. It was fantastic. Um, how did you find working at House of Hardcore for the first time? Or was it the first time for you? Yeah, that, yeah, that was the first time with House of Hardcore. I mean, I've, uh, I worked with Tommy and stuff before in TNA. Um, so, and Shane, too. Shane was an agent for TNA when I was down there, too. So, uh, the Hurricane. Uh, excuse oh, really? me, Shane Helms. Um, so, yeah, I've uh, been with those boys before. Also worked the show with Carlito just in Miami for uh, a promotion called Superstars of Wrestling. Uh, there was a lot of uh, ex-WWE guys and TNA guys and developmental guys. So I'm, I've met most of the boys around the traps before. Never met Bull before, so uh, it was the first time with him. So, uh, no, it was a good uh, physical uh, contest, mate. And he's, a, he's a big, tough boy and... Uh, yeah, I'm feeling that today, but got out of there with a uh, victorious mate. So uh, you know, brought the uh, the pride home to Australia and uh, kept our reputation up. So it was it was good, mate. It was good. Enjoyed it thoroughly, though. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, you said last night as well because we were at the um, uh, beforehand meet and greet stuff, the VIP section. Yep. Uh, you said this was your first time wrestling in Australia. Uh, yeah, I, I I did one show. Back in 2009, and it was pretty much just uh, go in there and kill someone, uh, sort of Goldberg style. Uh, and it was before it was before I'd had any formal training in wrestling or anything like that, you know. Um, so it was really just winging it and just doing uh, my friend a favour back in Perth. That was for uh, New Horizon Pro Wrestling. Ah, uh, yes, yeah. Um, and they still they still running there now. So my friend Nick, he sort of. Uh, Introduced me to a few of the boys that sort of got me over to the States, you know, so I always look after him. And uh, that was my first ever wrestling match full stop. But as I said, I was I was so green and wet behind the ears that I, I had no idea what I was doing. Uh, I just looked the part and I could obviously go out there and maul someone that was easy. Uh, so this is, this is my third, that was my first match back in Oz. One in six years, but two since I've obviously learned the business and uh, become accustomed to how the trade works, so to speak, boys. That's oh, fantastic. It... All right, so let's uh, get into it with a bit of a Johnny Kickpads type question. <laughs> Johnny Kickpads? Yeah, a Johnny bit of Eric Generic <laughs> style question. Uh, 
I guess what what made you want to get into wrestling? Sort of yeah, I mean, it was something uh, I'm sure like you boys I loved growing up, um, and I mean uh, it, it was not something I ever thought that oh hey I could I could do this. I always thought oh yeah I I, I want to do it. But it just sort of seemed worlds away. So, uh, I mean, I, I, I sort of probably picked up a weights when I was about 15, 16, because, you know, I wanted to look like Scott Steiner or Triple H or The Rock, you know. So oh, that's I was, awesome. Uh, I started working out for wrestling because I wanted to look like a wrestler, not because I wanted to look like a bodybuilder. So then it progressed, and then I ended up competing in bodybuilding, and, and that sort of became a passion of mine too. Uh, then when I was about 25... Um, Actually, Mick from uh, NHPW was uh, touring some of the boys down in Perth, uh, Rikishi and Gangrel and Reno, the Black Pearl, if you're familiar. Oh, yeah, I know Black Pearl. Um, yeah, so they, they were down there doing a tour, and I was sort of looking after them while they were in town. Um, was that the Hulk Hogan tour? Um, no, that was before the Hulk Hogan tour. They okay. came back on the Hulk Hogan tour, too, probably the next year. Okay, yeah. So it was about, it's probably about a year before that. It's a good, good memory, mate. But, yeah. Uh, yeah it's, <laughs> it's around that time. It was around that time. My, my other friend actually organized the Hulk Hogan tour. So that oh, was really? another promoter that was one of my friends at the time. Um, so he was a little guy from Sydney. But he, okay. he brought them down for that one. Um, but, uh, yeah, so they, they were down there and I was just chatting with them and Rikishi actually pulled me aside. He said, bro, is this, you know, is this something you would consider doing? And I said, well, I've never really thought about it, you know, seriously, but of course, you know, it's been, you know, something that I'd love to do. And he said, well, you know, you got the look, you're at the age, you know, I was 26 at the time, I think 25, 26. Um, and he said, you know, he, he's, he's my uncle's school, Afroinawahi, of course. You guys know him, the yeah, wife's awesome. yeah. Um He said, go to my uncle's school, and, and, you know, Vince is looking for you guys like you all the time, so you've got the look, you're at the age, blah, blah, blah. So that's sort of all I needed. It was just uh, some reinforcement from Keish. So, I mean, he didn't have to give me that at all. So the boys are really good to me, and... Uh, yeah, so then, then I thought about it seriously because I sort of wanted to move to America anyway, to be honest, because I, I, I loved sort of uh, that part of the world and just, you know, the gym culture and everything about that over there. Yep. So the next time I was in LA, I made arrangements to go uh, visit uh, Afuanawahi in uh, Orlando. Oh, yeah. And no then right. met up with him and then uh, we, we talked and then about six months later, I moved over there and started uh, training. Oh, fantastic. So that, that's how it all worked out, man. That's how, how we got into it. But, uh, yeah, it's just by looking after the boys and then they, they sort of gave me the push that I needed, obviously. And I, like I said, it was, wasn't something that I considered being in Perth because it seemed you sort of, you know, or in Australia in general, you feel like you're worlds away from that sort of side of things. But uh, Yeah, 100%. Uh, so, so they gave me the push and I thought, you know, if I don't do it now, then I'll probably look back and regret it. So uh, go over and give it a shot. That's awesome. Well, it's awesome that you gave it a shot, that's for sure. It seemed to have worked out well for you, so... Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Um, yeah, well, talking about the United States and all that, because I discovered you back in 2012 um, by reading a news... Which was a while while ago, yeah, but um, it was um, a news article. They were talking about how um, you had your sights set on the WWE and there was a picture Uh of you and The Rock and all that stuff, and I thought, oh... This is interesting. I've I'd, I'd had no idea that, obviously, you did Dennis Cometti's son. I had no idea that you'd be into wrestling. And then I looked into you more and more and found your Facebook and looked for your um, yep. WXW stuff. And there's some pretty decent sh- shit there, of course. And then um, yep. found out that you got signed to the WWE for a little bit. So what actually happened with the WWE? Because... 
Uh, I got I got signed by then uh, sort of end of right at the end of 2011 and started 2012. So that's when they approached me and uh, I'd had a I'd been on a loop with them, SmackDown and Raw. Uh, in uh, I think we did uh, Tampa, Jacksonville, something like that, and I think maybe a pay per view too. Okay. I, I've done a few loops with them before, so basically you just go go. Uh, this is the way it used to work anyway. It doesn't really work like this anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, used to go go along with them, and they'd put you in the ring sort of uh, before the shows. You know, all the boys would be around watching the shit, the match, and you know they'd have all the talent scouts there too, and all the the you know. All the all the uh, developmental people and everything like that. So it was very uh, nerve wracking, mate. But uh, oh, absolutely, it was, uh, I remember the first time I did it. I've literally been, you know, I've been training for about three months. The first time I did it, so I was just like, holy. Oh, jeez. You know? So uh, it was it was it was good, but uh, you know, it's, it, it, it's a test by fire too, you know. So uh, you know, see if you can hack it or not, you know. So uh, it, it was good in a way. It was good in a way, but yeah. So I just come off one of them, uh, probably about a month and a half before. And I was due to come back to Australia, and then I got a call from Johnny Ace, and uh, he said, you know, we'd like to offer you a developmental contract and blah, blah, blah. And so that was great. I uh, came home, went through the whole process with them. It takes about 10 months or so with the visa and everything like that. Oh, yeah. And then, uh, yeah, I went back over to uh, start in Tampa, and then there was just a hold up with my uh, medical due to a pre-existing injury. So, um, and then they said, you know, go back home, figure it out, and... Um, Get it better, and then we'll we'll stay in touch and bring it back over. Yeah. And it just it ended up just taking too long, and about halfway through 2013, they released me. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and then uh, that that was that, man. And uh, what happened I, I, with that? Sort of, uh, how do you mean? Um, did you did you say you get? Because um, I listened to an interview recently. Did you say you got injured or um, something like that? Um, yeah, that's the reason yeah, why that, you got. There was, there was a pre-existing sort of uh, injury that I had oh, in my okay. back. Um, okay. It wasn't really, it wasn't really limiting, but it was just enough where they they sort of uh, you know didn't want to go any further at that point. Said sort of go home and, and rehab it sorted out. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then uh, from there, it sort of was it was just it was just a time thing. It sort of started taking too long. Mm-hmm. Um, and they yeah they they released me about halfway through 2013. Well, probably, yeah, I think it was about maybe August 2013, and then said, you know, contact me, contact us again when you get back over, if you can get back over and start wrestling again. Okay. Uh, so, so that's what I did, man. And then uh, I had another tryout with them just uh, in February. So. Oh really? How did uh, that go? Yeah, yeah, it went good, man. Except I did my hamstring during that tryout. So. Oh, it's <laughs> so always fun, isn't it? <laughs> so uh, <laughs> injuries have played a bit with them, bro. So. Uh, and I've been lucky because I mean I haven't had too many injuries other than those ones, so it's been weird how it's worked out. But uh, we'll see what happens, man. Moving forward with them, you know, never say never, and uh, we'll see what happens. Absolutely. Yeah, well, that's fantastic to hear that you got another tryout at least. Yeah, yeah, yeah for sure, for sure. It was sort of a, a long time coming, but we got there in the end. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Right, so I guess uh, moving on. See, so you, you mentioned before, uh, obviously the. Uh, Rikishi, Gangrel, and those guys uh, suggesting training with the Wild Samoans. How yep. do you find, I guess, yeah, being trained under someone like Arthur? Because in, in uh, Australia, the training here is a bit... It depends where you go, you know. But mm-hmm. over in the States, it's a bit more... How can I put it? It's There's more eyes on the in the States for wrestlers and stuff than there is, you know, here. Yeah, yeah for sure. I mean, um, I mean... 
Pops, uh, we we call him Pops. So uh, Pop, Pops is, uh, you know, he's good as far as he's still got a lot of good contacts with the uh, WWE. Um, and his school, school's obviously good. He teaches you all the right ways. It's sort of similar to how they're going to want you to do things. I mean, there's always changes in the business. So, I mean, the, the, with the performance center and stuff, things are done a different way again now. But um, no, Pops is pretty good in that he's still pretty, uh, you know, connected with the, the right people and they listen to him and they all respect him. So he's good at getting you the, the foot in the door, definitely. And obviously then it's up to you. Um, they can definitely uh, point you in the right direction and get the right eyes on you, you know, uh, and at least uh, try to give you a chance to get in there. Now, I mean, he'll only do that if he, if he thinks that you've got a, a good chance of doing it. He's not going to start pushing guys to them that... Uh, he doesn't think they're going to make it just because they're his guys because then that sort of ruins his uh, credibility with them too, you know. So, uh, But definitely, uh, yeah, good, a good spot to land as far as how connected Pops is and, uh, you know, like I said, putting you in front of the right people. Definitely. Absolutely. So I guess you would yep. recommend yourself, people, definitely check out the school if they have a chance? Yeah, yeah for sure, for sure, definitely, definitely. Uh, a lot of guys um, here go, uh, they have, head over to Canada and uh, train a bit with Lance Storm. Yep. Well, they might go to Houston, go book a tea, but yeah, yeah for sure. Uh, train with Arthur over in uh, yeah. Orlando. Is it Orlando? Yeah, it's uh, it's just out of Orlando. It's Mineola, so it's about forty minutes out of Orlando. So okay. To us, to us Aussies would consider it Orlando, but in the states they sort of call it Mineola, and they wouldn't refer to it as Orlando. But I was living in Orlando and training there, so that worked fine because I just wanted to be in a bigger city, you know. Yeah, absolutely. How did you find working in um, WXW? Because I know that you, um, I know that's their promotion over there, and they've been doing a lot of yep. a lot of their own stuff. How did you find working over there with their shows yeah, and no, stuff? It was good. It was good. Um, yeah. So I mean, I was working uh, WXW shows uh, up until probably the last year or so, and then I just started branching out and doing my own thing. But yeah, I was pretty much exclusively with them for. Uh, the better part of my wrestling career over them. But yeah, it was good. I mean, they run it the right way. Um, it sort of uh, definitely uh, gets you ready for the, the politics and things at mm-hmm. WWE, uh, just the way that Pops runs it, because it's pretty old school and, you know, it's uh, easy to get heat and stuff like that, you know. So, Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, it, it, it lets you know how to sort of walk on eggshells and uh, figure out... Uh, how to work with the politics in the, in the bigger company, even though it's not a big company. So it's, uh, it does get you, it's like a dress rehearsal, so to speak. And I heard Booker T runs his skills the same way. I haven't, I haven't, uh, I haven't been over to him, but I know some people at his promotion, so I heard he's the same. Yeah, um, I've heard that too. So a lot, a lot of these guys are good like that. It does get you ready for uh, the WWE, because I think what a lot of guys don't realise is when they go there, there's really a game you have to play. Uh, within the company, you know, and you've got to uh, politic the right way and not piss people off because in this, in this business, if you get heat and you piss people off, it, it can be the end of your career, you know, so it's, uh, you've really got to learn those types of things, it's just basic respect for the business and respect for others in the business, but some of the old timers can be a bit thingy, but in a way it's good because it gets you ready for the, the bigger companies because they're all like that, especially the WWE. Absolutely. Yeah, well, yeah. It's, there's always politics in wrestling wherever wherever you go. There's politics in whatever you do. In whatever you do, yeah, yeah, exactly. Any workplace, any place, it's, there's always going to be politics. But it is yeah, good. Yeah. yeah, it is good to have like um that um you know those particular people that have been there and had the experience and um can oh, kind yeah. of guide you the right way. 
Definitely, definitely, yeah. man. But I mean, uh, like Abby said, that there's loads of good schools everywhere now in the states, and, and I know Lancer schools very good um, in Canada and stuff like that. And I think it's easier for a lot of the boys to get to from here, just visa wise and stuff like that too. Definitely. Um, so uh, yeah, I mean, all all those schools have got good connections now. It's not like it used to be. I think pops used to uh, have sort of uh, a better connection than most. Uh, but now I think it's probably a bit more of an evening playing field. So having said that, all you know, so there's plenty, plenty of good schools there, and a lot of the guys, if they're ex WWE guys like Booker, obviously would have great connections to them still, um, and I'm sure Lance does too. And I've, and I know lots of Lance's students get signed, so it's uh, you know they'll, they'll if they know there's a good school, they'll they'll develop a connection with them, you know. Yeah, absolutely. And even Rikishi's got his own school now, Rikishi and uh, Reno. The Black Bell have their own school too now. Oh, really? And Knox Pro in uh, just out of LA. So, ah, yes. Yeah, I do know that about that one. Yeah, so that, that's where uh, Rusev came from and, and things like that. So they've got a few boys coming out of there too. So, uh, yeah, that's, I've heard that's a very good school too. It's, it's people are looking to go to the West Coast. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I've seen Gangrel post a few things about it and, um, yep. you know, giving his praise about the particular school. It's good that yeah, sure. yeah, it's good that a lot of um, even Aussies recently. There's a lot of Aussies that are heading over there now that we have got um, a connection with Global Force with Muhammad Ali Vaez being a talent scout here. It's good yeah. that he's kind of um, giving people direction where to go and stuff. And yeah, Aussies are getting signed as well, which is even a, be- a positive too. So things are definitely yeah, changing here. That's for that's sure. It. Yeah, for sure, man. Uh, keeping sure. on the topic of Aussies, so mm-hmm. last night, obviously, uh, first time back in Australia for a while. Any of the local guys uh, stand out to you? Uh, yeah, from what I saw, I mean, I won't lie, I didn't see a bunch of their stuff just because I was getting ready for, for mine with a big bull. Um, but from what, what I did see, they, they all seemed like it was a pretty good standard, man. So, I mean, uh, I've heard good things about the Melbourne scene anyway, but all the boys, they were all good backstage and uh, they were all nice guys and everything like that, man. So, I mean, not too many egos there and stuff like that, which sometimes can be Australia's problem, you know, so yeah, they're a good, yeah. good bunch of guys, man, and that's the main thing, you know, they're all sort of, they all sort of seem like they want to learn and everything like that, and if you've got a bunch of guys like that, they're always going to turn out well, you know, so, but, uh, you know, the crowd was reacting really good to their matches, like I said, I didn't see all of them, but, um, yeah, all the boys seemed like they were pretty spot on with that, man, and, and the guys that were sort of coming along seemed to be very eager to learn and very humble, so that's, that's what you want. Yeah, you it was know? definitely a hot crowd last night. Um, how would you compare yeah, sure. um, the like independent wrestling from the United States to Australia? How would you compare it? Uh, what do you mean, the standard would, of wrestling on the crowds? Or, would you or, say it's very similar or, you know... Um, it just depends. I mean, the companies over there. I mean, there's, there's probably. I mean, I haven't. I haven't been around enough Aussie indie wrestling to to tell you, to be honest. You know. Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, from what I saw last night, I mean, the stand was pretty good. Um, but again, last night was half half guys from the US too. You know, so it's a weird show to judge. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, it's pretty much the same formula. All I'd say is maybe the the Americans sort of uh, are just probably a little bit more on point as far as how to build the show up to the main event. You know, mm-hmm. um, you find sometimes. I mean, you get it on indie sh- on bad indie shows in the US too, um, and that sort of just stuff like uh, you know, not not doing too much in the earlier matches. 
and just building up to the main event. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know and what it, you mean. It, it's everyone's job to do that, you know? So it's not, you know, and everyone goes, you know, you're trying to steal the show. But, yeah, I mean, yeah, you are, but you want to stay in your lane too, you know? You don't want to be trying to pull out every move in the book. So if the main event's doing those moves, you shouldn't be doing those moves, you know what I mean? So you just have to be ultra aware of, of those things, you know, as a whole on a card. So in the, on, on a card and in promotion, you're supposed to be working as a team. So, I mean... You've got to look after each other, and the main event is the main event, and everyone else needs to fall in line with the main event. You know what I'm saying? And, and the lead-up matches to that. Um, so that's that's just one sort of thing that I've noticed that Aussie shows compared to the US shows. US shows are much stricter on that. You know, so if you're doing stuff that's going to compromise the main or anything like that, you know, you've really got to be careful with that because you get a lot of heat for it. Yes. Um, and I think the Aussies are probably a little bit more laxed on stuff like that which is fine because everyone wants to sort of get their shine a bit and the, and the crowd likes it too, but you just got to leave something, you know, psychology-wise, you got to leave something for the, for the guys to be doing later on, you know? So, uh, Absolutely. But, 100% that, agree. That's probably, that's probably one thing I, I noticed a little bit. But other than that, I mean, it, it, even in America, you're going to get variances from, from promotion to promotion, you know? You get promotions like Evolve and stuff like that, which are very sort of... Uh, Matt orientated stuff and you know Daniel Bryant type stuff and uh, very indie type uh, wrestling you know so uh, and yeah. then you get other promotions that are different so it just depends it changes from promotion to motion over the, over there too you know so uh, but it's definitely the movement now is the evolved type of uh, you know show if you guys are familiar with them um, yeah yeah which is a is a big deal over there at the moment, you know. That that's sort of one of the companies I was working with, the WWN company, which sort of runs all those shows. Yeah, so they they sort of run most of their shows the same formula. So it's a good company to work for, man. And yeah, they're very professional too. So uh, yeah, I mean that's the main thing. But like I said, I haven't been enough around enough indie shows here yet to be able to tell you probably the differences. Uh, you know, yeah, fair so, enough. That's fair enough. Have to, have, to, have to do a bit more research first, right? Yeah, well, hopefully, we get to see you wrestle at OCW again for sure. Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll see what happens in the future, man. I'm sure they'll be uh, putting on some other big shows, so uh, yeah, we'll try to figure something out with them for sure. Definitely, awesome. All right, so last night, obviously, House of Hardcore, uh, big show, first one in Melbourne. Mark Silver goes one on one with you know, former NXT star Bull Dempsey. I guess. Uh, well, how, uh, what were your thoughts on the match? Because from a fan perspective, you know we saw it uh, being built, and we we're like, "Oh, dude, two big guys just going to beat the shit out of each other. This is going to be awesome." Mm-hmm. And then you know, come the match, it was still enjoyable, but it's just I understand like the big thing a bit slower, more hard hitting, but. Now, unfortunately, the crowd didn't get into it more, but, you know, Jesse and myself sitting in front row, we were right into it because we love that real old-school kind of style that you and Bull went out there and did. Yeah, 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 for sure. I mean, it was a change of pace for the show. Um, and, again, that, that sort of goes hand-in-hand with what I was saying before, you know. If, you, if you're going to come out and try to do every move in the book beforehand, then, you know, you've, you've got to change the, 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 you know, the flow of the show at some stage. And, obviously... We were put at four for that reason because, uh, you know, Tommy wanted us to, you know, probably slow down the show a bit, you know. So, uh, 
Absolutely. That's, that's what we were going to do, you know. Me and Bull are going to fight a certain way regardless of where we're at on the card and what's going on, you know. So it's going to be a, a, a slower, more physical uh, encounter with when you put us two in there. So uh, it was always going to be that way. But no, I thought it was good. I thought it was a, a good physical match. Um, yeah, I mean, there's always things that you look back and think, well, you know, we could have done this a bit better and <laughs> I wish I'd done this yeah. a bit better. So, I mean, it's always that way. But, um, yeah, given the circumstances, I think it was uh, it's pretty good, man. Uh, you know, obviously happy to uh, get out of there with the victory and uh, move on, you know. So it was good. It was an honour being there with Bull. He's a, like I said, he's a big, tough guy. And uh, you definitely feel him in there. And I'm sure he can feel me. So, uh, you know, and hopefully that resonated a little bit with the crowd, you know. Um, so no, I, I liked it, man. But, yeah, definitely it was going to be a, a change of uh, pace for the show, you know. Um, given that the the matches before were sort of all fast paced and everyone was doing the crazy stuff, and yeah. uh, you know we're gonna we're gonna bring it back to old school, man. Regardless, you know it's always gonna be that way, man. Ball. Other thing I wanted to bring gonna, up from that match. Be, I'm sorry. There's gonna be no uh, springboards and uh, you know. Suicide dives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, well, another thing I wanted to point out with that match is. You know, Mark, you're a big fella. You walk around one... They build you as 155 kilos last night. Yeah. The yeah. way you move for your size is incredible. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. I mean, I didn't, I didn't get to showcase that, that, that much last night. Man. Okay, I consider myself that I can move pretty well. And I know Bull can move pretty well too, man. And I know he didn't sort of do any of his uh, top rope stuff last night. No. Um, but for a big man too, man, he can move too, you know. Yeah, both so, you guys. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess that's what separates the, the big guys that make it these days and the ones that don't. Um, obviously, if you can move, it's a big thing. But, yeah, I mean, my, my, my mobility has sort of always stayed with me. Uh, you know, I used to play basketball growing up. That was my first first love and first passion. And uh, I guess that has taught me to be agile, mate, and that's uh, stayed with me as I've put the muscle on over the years. So uh, I've been fortunate in that uh, in that regard. Absolutely. Yeah, it's definitely going... Like, you know, you see big guys move like that and you're going back talking, you know, uh, Big Boss Man, Bam Bam Bigelow, yeah. even Rikishi to an extent. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, really sure. cool. If people don't, you know, because everyone you find now is... Um, the thing I find with the indies and that is everyone's kind of getting smaller and smaller and everything's more fast-paced and it's hard to appreciate that more physical, big man kind of style. Yeah, yeah cause it's sure. just It just feels like there's not much of it anymore. But, you know, absolutely, and props to you for, you know, still putting on such a great old-school-style match, you and Bull. Fucking yeah. loved it. And I love the stare, the stand-down, the, um, the stare-off at the start. That was that was perfect. I loved it. It was it's exactly yeah. how I'd, I'd probably, um, like, if I had, you know, um, fuck, fuck you money, I'd probably book it that way as well. <laughs> as Muhammad yeah, Ali, by yeah. calls it. That's it, you know. You want, you want the crowd to build, build up a little bit and... Uh... You know, me and Bull wanted to get to each other's faces a little bit too, so uh, it was good, man. There was a, there was some uh, real animosity there, so it's it's nice to uh, get that out of aggression and uh, you know call Bull a few, few names at the start too. You know, absolutely. So was, uh, I had some choice words for him. He had some choice words for me. We wanted to get that out before <laughs> we started getting physical. So uh, yeah, that's always it's always fun, mate. It's always fun. But uh, yeah, I mean the indie scene is is strange at the moment as far as 
it's very indie, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah, very uh, indie, yeah. It's become, it's become uber indie, <laughs> you know? So, uh, <laughs> yeah, and, absolutely. And, and I mean, that, that, the WWE sort of pushed it in that direction too, because now they're signing all these indie guys. So uh, it's, sort of, it's sort of given it more, more legs than even it had before. So, I mean, but that's the thing. You, you've got to, if you're going to be an indie guy, you've still got to make the match make sense. You can't just start doing moves for the sake of doing moves. And that's what a lot of people fall into, whether it's in the States, whether it's here. You've got to make your moves mean something. Otherwise, you're just doing the moves. Yeah, it's all about that wrestling psychology. Yeah, but I mean, the thing is, if you go out and do every single move you know, what are you leaving for the next match? Do you know what I mean? Not a whole lot. And and they're going to expect people going to expect that every time, and then they, when they see it every time, what happens? It loses its pop. So why are you doing it? Do you know what I'm saying? You're better off doing half those moves and saving the rest for the next match and bringing them out of spurts when they mean something. You can't just do a, a move list because you want to get all your stuff in, and that's the problem with the indie scene at the moment. A I agree. With you. you know, there's some great wrestlers out there. Don't get me wrong, that can make it make sense and link it all in at the right time. Um, like a lot of the boys on Evolve and stuff like that in the States, they're great, you know, because they mix old and new and old school with all the new with all the new moves and everything like that. So, yeah, that hybrid, that's good, but you just can't go all one way, you know. And, uh, mm. yeah, the bigger guys are sort of falling away and almost frowned upon these days, you know, especially by a lot of the fans and stuff like that. Um, but I think it's also because the big guys, in some ways, are harder to identify with, you know. So, uh you know, in, in a lot of ways, that sort of made made you look up to them, like you know, these sort of superhero type dudes, the big dudes that you know. When I looked up to them when I was a kid, I guess that the average fan sometimes it's uh, you know there's less identification with the big guys too because it's further away from what they are. Do you know what I'm saying? So there's two two ways of looking at it. But uh, my view on wrestling is, if I want to watch wrestling. I want to believe that that guy in the ring can beat the shit out of me. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. I don't. I don't want to look. Like, I don't want to look at him and think, "Oh, I could probably beat him in a in a bar fight or something." <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Because <laughs> it sort of loses. It loses its effect. It does. You know what I'm saying? So, if a, if a dude who's 300 pounds or 150 kg walks out, most people are going to look at him and go, "Holy shit!" So automatically, you've got their attention. Do you know what I'm saying? And then if you can work a little bit, then that helps too. But. You know, you want that. You want that air of oh shit, that guy could looks like he could kill someone. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, no, but I agree with you. It, it, it adds to it as much as I respect the, the smaller guys and what they do too, because there's definitely a place for them too. I just don't think it's smart to go all that way because you need that. You need those. You need the big guys too. Do you know what I'm saying? So oh, absolutely. It's uh, yeah. It's definitely. Uh, it's just. It's, it's the sort of the, the battle of the two worlds right now, you know? So, uh, <laughs> and, and for the first time in a long time, the big guys seem like they're losing that battle. So it's good to, uh, to still keeping them alive, you know? Yeah, that's for sure, and it's and it's very that we see um, big guys on an OCW card as well. I, I I mean, we got a couple big guys there, but um, in yep. comparison to you and Bull, it, there's yep. there isn't really many around, and um, yeah. you don't really see that sort of a hard hitting match like that very often. No. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it, it comes down to as well. You know, even in the states, there's not that many big dudes anymore. You know, there's just not. You know, so, 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 so
I didn't have any dudes look similar to me or comparable to me as far as I'm going to be seeing over there. It's just not that many. Um, so, and then it's going to be the other, other thing of, as far as the hard hitting goes, you've got to want to get in there and do that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I've got to try and play what that. You know, a lot of guys, if, you, if Bull did what he did to me last night to them, they wouldn't want to wrestle anymore. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, I'm telling you, like, Bull's, Bull's a, you know, we don't, we don't well, I won't say stiff, but he's very snug. Do you know what I mean? I like that because I'll give it back like that. But, a lot of guys don't want that. They want to be in wrestling because it's entertainment. It def- you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and it makes but, it a little bit more believable with the... Um, anyway, the- all you, but you've, there's part of you that's got to like, like a fight too, do you know? That's what makes a good wrestler too. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. So yeah. especially as a big guy, it's, it's good to, you know? But you, I, like, I like the contact. I like, I like that type of thing. It makes, you, it makes you feel good. It makes you feel like you're in a fight a bit. So... And it makes it look a lot more believable to everyone else. But, I mean, it's, it's you know, some people don't like that. They want to wrestle and then they get in something like that. And, oh, you're stiff, you're stiff. I don't want to work like that. He's up. <laughs> Bullshit. Yeah. If you can't take that, then you shouldn't be in the business, you know? So, I mean, that's what I liked about Bull last night. He was, he was, I knew he was there, definitely. And that's good. And, and all those shots that you saw him do that looked, looked hard, let me tell you, they were hard. They were real hard. So, <laughs> that, that, that's good. You know, I like that. Yeah. I, love, I love this old school approach you have with wrestling. You just you don't hear that anymore. It's it's not no, very I often. Mean, no, like I said, the industry's changed a lot, boys. So it's uh, become uh, you know what it is. Like I said, Uber indie. So Uber, <laughs> Uber indie people don't want to get punched in the face, and they don't want to. You know what I'm saying? So uh, yeah, yeah. It, it's uh, sometimes it goes too far that way. So uh, mm, yeah. It, it, it is what it is, but that's that's where the industry is at the moment. You know, I mean, in the old days, everyone would have been doing what Man Bull did, so there wouldn't have been anything. You know, it's just yeah, another absolutely. another match. You know, so but these days it's a bit different, mm. for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, I just wanted to know. Go back and going back to what you were saying about people that you um, grew up and um, and watched. Who was somebody that you would say influenced your style or? Um, or, or even your favourite professional wrestler, who would you say would be somebody that made a big influence? Probably my, my favourite wrestler would probably be Scott Steiner. <laughs> he was, he was my guy. He was, he, he was my guy growing up, you know. So, I mean, I like Triple H too. Like, I always liked the heels. So it's probably... And I always liked the guys that, that had the best physiques. That was just me. So uh, I was always drawn to Scotty because he just looked amazing and he was just a total asshole, which I loved. Um, <laughs> yes. And he was just believable. He was just believable. You know, that, like, when he was healing, he, he was believable. You just thought that was him. Do you know what I mean? Um, mm. And, uh, I mean, Triple H obviously was a great, great, great heel as well. You know, so I always liked the heels. I liked, obviously, everyone loved The Rock, but I loved The Rock too, obviously, for what he did on the mic. Um but yeah, he, but I liked The Rock more when he was a heel. I didn't like him when he was face, you know. But yeah, as far as far as in ring style, I would probably say guys like Goldberg and Brock. I probably I probably stole most from them, and, and sort of <laughs> adapted, adapted most from them, you know. Um, just because I like their style, I think it's it's explosive and and brutal, you know. So. Uh, I mean, Scotty, Scotty's got a bit of a different style, and he, I'm a bigger guy than he was. Uh, yeah, I think Brock and, and, and Goldberg, as far as offense goes, man, uh, you know, they're very uh, 
applicable to what I do because I can move too. Um, and if you're explosive, then, you know, that, that you can make a move look so much better. And just little things that those boys do, just just how they execute moves and things like that and how they executed moves, just, you know, they put an extra little pop on it that would just make it look so explosive. But another guy could do the exact same moves and it would look totally the shits compared to how they did it, you know? Because <laughs> um, they're just athletes, you know, first and foremost. So... Uh, just the way they execute their power moves and things like that. Just little things that you can watch and pick up. And So probably those two as far as in-ring style goes the most. But yeah, as far as favourite wrestlers, Scotty Steiner, number one, and probably Triple H, probably number two in The Rock, I would say. And yeah. Brock's right there too. I love, I love Brock's stuff too. Yeah, yeah Scott Steiner's sure bloody entertaining with his promos especially. <laughs> yeah, sure. yeah, this is, oh. sure. Interesting story about Scotty was uh, I met him when I was about 18 in Perth. Uh, I think, what was it, AWA or something came down there? I think it was oh, really? WWA or something. Some, I can't remember the initials, but it was after... It was in between WCW and WWE for him. So it was okay. when a lot of those boys were still under contract with Turner or whatever it was. And there was that sort of waiting period, you know, like how Goldberg had and a lot of those boys yeah. had. Oh, so this was late but, 90s. Um, what would it have been? would have been probably 2000 and, I reckon 2002, maybe. Probably around the time when they did all those, like, you know, all, wrestling yeah. all stars and all that sort of oh, stuff. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, maybe maybe two thousand and one, two thousand and two, somewhere in somewhere. There. I think it was. I, th- I think I was about eighteen, so it must have been about two thousand one or something. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So we, he was down there. Do you remember Nathan Jones? Yes, absolutely. This was before Nathan got signed, so he was down there too. So he was he was main eventing against Nathan Jones, who was a enormous, enormous man too. I met Nathan too. God, he was a big dude. He's huge. Um, <laughs> he was a mammoth, man. But uh, yeah, I met Scotty at a radio station um, and spoke to him, blah, blah, blah. And then uh, I was, the show was like the next night. And uh, I was sitting sort of front row and obviously I had my Michigan my Michigan jersey on because I knew Scotty was a Michigan boy. I had Michigan stuff from uh, my basketball days anyway. So I had my Michigan jersey on. So Scotty comes out and he's just cursing out everyone like he does, healing it up, <laughs> just swearing his head off at everyone, you know, raging at everyone. And it, just, it was classic Scotty. And then he gets to me, he looks at my shirt and he realizes who I was because he met me the night before. And he stops in the middle of his heel and goes, hey man, what's up? And gives me a handshake. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was the coolest thing that's ever happened to me, bro. It was just like breaking cape. <laughs> he was he was in the middle. He just told the person next to me to f off, and he's he's in the middle of telling me the person that was beyond me to f off, and he stopped and he, he said, "Hey man, how you doing?" <laughs> uh, that was that was it for me, bro. That was the coolest moment of my life, right there. You know? Classic Scott Scotty. Steiner. Papa Pump broke broke uh, broke his uh, gimmick for me, so it was uh, it was a beautiful thing. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's good. Yeah. It's good to hear wow. something like that. Yeah, Scott Snyder's just a classic. He's classic. I, I, he is, bro. It's always he good is. to check out some of his stuff on like the network or YouTube and stuff. He just That's it. <laughs> he's yeah, definitely entertaining. Um, yeah. Right, moving on a bit more serious, in depth conversation now with obviously with your uh, bodybuilding. I mean, last night when you came out. Crowd yep. started chanting, centimeter perfect. <laughs> no, it's yeah, that, that, was, that was a new one, mate. That was That's a new, new one? one. A new experience for me. So uh, <laughs> it was interesting. It was interesting. I knew it was going to come, though, especially in Melbourne. 
Yeah. 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 Um, Chandler, at some point. With your bodybuilding and lifting weights, uh, even dietary plans and that, how much discipline do you have to put in to get that? Uh, well, like what, what tips do you have for people wanting to do that? It's just, it's just consistency, boys. You know, if you're consistent with something for a long period of time. So, I mean, the biggest thing if you're trying to get big is obviously eating. <laughs> so, to be consistent, to be consistent in your eating is the hardest thing to do. Everyone can work out. I mean, everyone can work out. There's varying degree, degrees of working out, but everyone can do that. I mean, all you're trying to do is stimulate some muscle growth there, but unless you put in the food in, your muscles aren't going to be able to do anything anyway, you know? So, I mean, working out's probably the easy part. Everyone looks at that like it's the hard part, but the, I mean, that's probably the easiest part. The eating is the hardest part, you know? So, because the eating is what you do the rest of the day. So, I mean, the workout's only an hour or an hour and a half, you know? So, everyone can probably get that in if they want to, you know, grow or, you know, that's their passion. Okay. That's the easy thing. But it's just uh, consuming the amount of calories you need on a daily basis and good foods, which aren't exciting to eat. You know, so if you, if you can, I mean, if you can do that on a consistent basis, you will get results. But it's just consistency, you know. It's discipline and consistency. But it's just being consistent over a long period of time, and you get results. I mean, if you've got great genetics, then you'll get results quicker. If you don't, then you'll you'll have to be more consistent for longer. You know, uh, yeah. but uh, it's the same with anything. It's just, yeah, it's the same. The same with anything, man. If you want to be good at basketball, what do you do? You should you know, you shoot a thousand shots a day. So the longer you shoot a thousand shots a day for, the better you're going to get. You know, so it's, it's how long you can maintain that. So a lot of people say, in anything, a lot of people say, all right, I want to achieve this level, but they're not prepared to put in the work to do it. So, mm. just, you know, if you're prepared to be consistent, and eating's one of those things where it's hard work, you know, because a lot of times you don't want to eat, <laughs> you know, and your body's telling you you don't want to eat, so, and you're going to eat anyway. So, yeah, eating's definitely the hardest thing, though. So, uh, that's that's where most people go wrong. Yeah. Getting enough food and enough quality food and consistently do it, you know, six, seven days a week. Definitely. You know, for a few years and then you'll get results. But uh, <laughs> it, it's not easy, lad. Otherwise, everyone would do it. But that's the main main thing that separates, you know? Absolutely. And you were saying that with the genetics as well, you've definitely got the genetics from your dad, for sure, because I've met him a couple times at work and he's a solid lad, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, that, that's pretty pretty slim, but I mean, I had the same build as him when I played basketball, so I was slim too, um, same height, but that's got a big, a reasonably big frame, you know? So, yeah, um, that's for sure. I was actually shocked when I, because I, I work at a stadium um, where, I usually, where I usually just run into him when he's at yeah. Channel 7 and... You walk past him, it's like I didn't expect him to be. Uh, <laughs> I didn't expect him yeah. to be that buddy tall. <laughs> yeah, you know, he's tall, and he's obviously got the, the frame for it. He gave me the frame, so the frame's an important part of you know putting on muscle and things like that. So you know, the frame's what it what it sits on, mate. So uh, if you got a good structure underneath there, and you pop pop muscle on top, then sometimes it looks good. So. You know, the frame's very important. So yeah, I always say, gave, gave me the frame. He didn't, he didn't give me the best genetics on some of the muscles, but, you know, I've had to work hard for some of them. But, uh, you know, we got there in the end, mate, you know. Well, he's definitely got the, giving you the voice, though. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure yeah, you've heard yeah. that a lot. Yeah. But... Gave, gave me the voice, too, which is always a plus, you know, a plus. Yeah, definitely so, wrestling. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. All right. Um, well... Just wrapping it up, obviously, I wanted to um, ask, what are your career highlights for um, your wrestling career? Uh, I mean, so far, I mean, obviously getting signed with the WWE, 
that would be definitely the career highlight so far. But that's sort of bittersweet when you look at it. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> but that, that definitely, definitely getting that contract in hand was sort of, uh, and the call from Johnny Ace was a, uh, you know, it was a sort of a, a holy shit moment, as they say in the business. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so that, that was that was pretty cool, man. Especially after you know, after what a year and a half of training or something. So it was sort of like. I'd done it, but then uh, it, it didn't get uh, carried through to the you know the way I'd like. But so so that was definitely a highlight. And then obviously, you know, being trusted to uh, represent a lot of these companies in the states and being the champion in a lot of promotions over there and stuff like that. And then you know, giving the belt, even the, you know, for whatever it needs, is uh, an honour. You know, so uh, definitely the, the championships are always good. Yeah, and definitely. It's, it's, That's it. Well, I mean, you know, if you're, uh, no doubt, I think hopefully within the next couple of years, maybe we'll see you on NXT or possibly, you know, the main show, WWE. Yep. Got sure. the look, you got the primary skills, you got the skill set. I don't see why not. And, you know, you've been there before. Unfortunately, yeah, injury stopped it, but, you know, if you keep working, why not? He's got the Vince McMahon checklist done. That's <laughs> it. <laughs> That's for sure. That's it. I appreciate yeah. it, boys. Yeah, well, uh, for yourself, you know, uh, What's your plan for the next, I don't know, year or so for yourself? Uh, well, we'll just have to see how it pans out a bit, man. I haven't thought that far ahead, to be honest. Just go with the flow. Um, yeah, we'll just go with the flow, man. And uh, you know, like I said, I just moved back to Perth, so that'll be an adjustment for me for sure. So we'll see if I can uh, last that out without moving back to the States. So uh, <laughs> we'll, see, we'll see what happens, man. Uh, it's uh, going to be new territory for me and uh, one that I haven't done in quite some time. So uh, that'll be an adjustment for sure, just being back in Australia in general and obviously being back home. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then, yeah, man, we'll, we'll just see what's uh, going on over here with the uh, with the wrestling and, and what promotions are coming down, if we can get something going here and then... Uh, Maybe Japan or something like that too. So Ooh, that'd be awesome. Uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see, man. Definitely we'll be over in to... Japan. They they love the big guys over there. Oh, they do. Yeah, yeah. Um, some good big guys here too. You can uh, possibly work. Yeah, for sure. Just yeah, to, sure, you know, name a few. Uh, Jonah Rock over in Perth is one. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Uh-huh. And then Adelaide, you got two guys. You got Matt Grimbasso and of course Big Brady Marshall. Okay. A couple of big guys. Just a couple of names to look out for. Why not? There you go. There yeah, you watch go. out. There's lots back of good... coming for you. <laughs> <laughs> there's lots of good promotions over in Perth, that's for sure. Like, I've spoken to Andrew Carter a couple of times, and there's a few few yep. different places, definitely, that are really good over there. Um, yep. But, yeah, um, just summing up to the end, um, have you got a dream match that you'd uh, – it's a – Je- yeah, Johnny, Johnny Kickbad's kick kick question. question. But <laughs> have you got a um, a dream match that you'd like to have one day? A dream match? Uh, wow. I mean, when I when I was when I was with the uh, when I was still signed, and Brock came back. Brock came back while I was waiting for my visa. And uh, yeah, that that would be a dream match up for sure. Me and Brock. Um, that would be cool. Oh, so. Definitely, definitely something like that, man. Um, but yeah, I mean, uh, there's a whole bunch of guys out there that I love to work, man. There's some great, great talent out there for sure. But uh, yeah, something epic like uh, me and Lesnar, that would be, uh, that'd be, that'd be a, a, 
I pinch myself moment. I love I love every second of that. That'd be good. <laughs> yeah, be good. it's one of those mark out moments. I can tell you. <laughs> that's, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Well, thank thank you so much for doing this interview, mate. It was a pleasure uh, having a chat to you about this. Is this your first podcast? Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, hey, who would have thought? There you go, mate. You popped you pop my cherry. Back. Is, Thanks, boys. Is there anything you'd like to plug before we go? Oh, yes, your social medias. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, I mean, you're just the, uh, the Facebook fan page, mate. It's pretty much the only one I do. I need to get on uh, Instagram at some stage in my life and get up to date. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the, the Twitter, the Twitter just operates off the fan page, really, on Facebook. So the fan page is uh, Mark Outback Silver Back Silver, um, and that's where I post most of my my stuff, man. So uh, just be that one, and, and everything else runs off that one. But one day I will get on Instagram. One day. One day. Awesome. We'll be waiting. <laughs> there you go. All right. This has been episode ten of the DNT podcast. Great conversation with Mark. Telling us some great stuff about House of Hardcore, a fantastic Scott Steiner story that only he has. Alvin <laughs> uh, Gall, oh sorry, DNT podcast. You can check it out. Check us out on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. These will be uploaded to archive.org because we're still sussing out iTunes. Alvin Gavin, Alvin Jesse. This has been the DNT podcast, and we shall catch you on the flip side. Mm-hmm.